Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 15 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. And thank you so much for uh, listening and thank you so much for your questions and your kind feedback. Uh, and I hope that I'm able to add to your knowledge even by, uh, you know, um, uh, a small capacity when it comes to the religion of Islam. Uh, again, there's a lot of stereotyping out there uh, specifically regarding the religion of Islam and the podcast. Uh, we have the podcast here to address those stereotypes and to correct uh, the misinformation and, you know, to educate those who do not know about the religion of Islam. And again, thank you all so much for listening. And if you have any questions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. And I promise I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. And with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today I want to talk to you about a very, very dangerous and important subject. And it's actually... um. A term that we've been using a lot in the previous episodes, which is the term shirk. So shirk is basically, it's very simple. It's um, associating someone or a partner to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of worship, in terms of belief. So if you believe that there is another God in any type, any type, with Allah or without Allah, you are a mushrik. You committed shirk. If uh, you believe that there is an, any other entity that's worthy of worship with Allah again, or if you don't even believe that Allah exists, again, you're a mushrik. You're a disbeliever. That's why um, for Muslims, anybody who associate anything with Allah in terms of worship is not uh, is committing shirk. And that includes the people of the book, Christians, and Jews and again it's the same thing to them we are disbelievers as well because you know in, for Christians we do not believe that Jesus Christ is Allah he's he's not God to Muslims he's not our God we respect him immensely we love him so much but he's not our God so to them we are disbelievers and to us it's the same it's vice versa and they are basically mushriks because that they because they worship Jesus Christ with Allah, um, and they consider him basically a god. Now, shirk is the most dangerous sin ever. So those who you know worship anything rather than Allah, it's it's basically it's the worst thing you could do on earth. And there are so many verses in the Quran that that shows us. Now, now that doesn't mean that we should treat anyone who doesn't. Um, who commits shirk differently? Absolutely not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forbid you from being nice and kind to disbelievers, people who, you know, who commit shirk. Um, as long as they don't fight you in your religion, they don't try to like attack you in your religion. Peaceful, non Muslims, you should be very kind to them. Muqasit, meaning very just to them. Tawadduhum, tabarruhum, meaning. To bid someone to be very nice to them. You know? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually telling us in the Quran. In Allah, Allah loves those who are just and fair and kind. Meaning, you should be kind to non-Muslims who are peaceful and who are good to you. Right? Now, but 
لكم دينكم ولي دين. I have my religion, you have yours. I do not believe that any anyone or any other entity should be worshipped uh, beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you have your own belief, whether you're a Christian Jew or a Hindu or whatever, right? Uh, and again, that doesn't mean that we cannot live in harmony. Actually, we could, you know, have totally different views and beliefs, yet we're respectful to one another. And that's what Islam tells us to do. Now, and that's why a lot of people, and again, whether they're politicians or you know people who are ignorant of the religion of Islam, when they say Islam teaches Muslims to hate non-Muslims, I I really I, I I always laugh at that because this is they could not could not be far from the truth. This is like straight up BS. It's not true. Islam tells us to be nice and kind and just and fair to non-Muslims who are just you know being good to us. That's it. Not a single religion would tell you to be nice to somebody who's, who's about to attack you, who's trying to, like, you know, destroy you. Christianity doesn't tell you to do so. Judaism doesn't tell you to do so. And Islam doesn't tell you to do so. Islam tells you if they're nice, be nice to them and be just and be fair. Simple. Now, back to the point. Because shirk is very, very horrible as a sin. It's the worst, again, it's the worst sin that could be. Shirk is the only sin that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive. Allah doesn't forgive shirk. If you die upon shirk, now let me be clear. If you were upon shirk and then you went back to Allah, you know, and you started worshipping Allah only and, you know, for example, became a Muslim basically, Allah totally forgives that and He totally wipes it all from, you know, wipes it out from your records, from your page, from your book. But if you die upon shirk, Allah would never, no matter how good you think you did, Allah will, because Allah is so fair and just, Allah will reward you in this life. But when it comes to shirk, this is the only thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will never forgive. And this is in Surah An-Nisa, chapter An-Nisa, verse number 48. Allah SWT says Allah SWT does not forgive shirk again if you die upon shirk and he forgives subhanahu wa ta'ala anything else if he wants now that means if, if you die upon adultery and you never repented or you committed any any type of major or minor sins and you never got the chance to repent from them there is a possibility Again, there is a possibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might forgive you if he wants. As long as you, this is all if you didn't repent, right? But we all know if you repented and you were sincere about your repentance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives you. But if you did not repent and you died upon that sin, there's a chance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he can forgive whoever, whomever he wants. That's why it's really recommended to repent from, uh, repent from our sins, sincerely repent. Because we don't know. Allah says there is a chance, but you really don't want to take a risk on that, right? Now, also, also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits the person who dies upon shirk from entering from, from entering Jannah, paradise. The person who dies upon shirk will never smell the scent of paradise, will never enter Jannah. 
which means they will spend eternity in hellfire. Now, Jesus himself actually told people, ironically, you know, right? Told people to not commit shirk and to worship Allah alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the chapter of Al Ma'idah, verse number 72, he says what? لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَسِيحُ بْنِ مَرْيَمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, 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 in Surah Al-Ma'idah, those who said that Masih, Jesus, Christ, is God, is Allah, committed disbelief. They became disbelievers, right? وَقَالَ الْمَسِيحُ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Now Jesus is telling the children of Israel, because he was, right, he was sent to the children of Israel, أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ رَبِّي وَرَبَّكُمْ Worship Allah, my Lord and your Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Jesus, when he was addressing the children of Israel, he said, Worship Allah, my Lord and your Lord. Because those who commit shirk, those who commit shirk, Allah will forbid Jannah. On, like they will, they will be, they will be, um, will forbid Jannah on them, or they will be prohibited from entering Jannah. The final abode, eternal abode, will be hellfire. Those who committed injustices towards Allah subhanahu wa taala by committing shirk will have no supporters on the day of judgment to help them. When a Muslim commits a sin. Followed by a good deed, we all know that the good deed erases that sin. Subhanallah. This is out of Allah's ultimate mercy. If you commit a sin, and you follow that sin, you found out what you did, and uh, you felt bad about it, then you decided to commit a good deed. Even if you prayed to rakahs, you know, to repent and to uh, ask Allah for forgiveness for what you did, that good deed will erase the sin. And when a Muslim makes a good deed followed by a sin, so now it's vice versa, right? The sin does not erase the good deed, alhamdulillah, because otherwise it would have been really, really difficult. So out of Allah, again, ultimate mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah does not let the sin that you commit after a good deed erases that good deed. So you keep your good deed. You just get the bad deed for that one sin that you uh, committed now that rule is amazing but that the rule doesn't apply on shirk that rule does not apply on shirk so if you commit massive good deeds praying five times a day paying your zakah paying your charity fasting ramadan making da'wah and something happens and a lot of people that happens to them not a lot alhamdulillah but like you know some certain type of people and then you'd be like, oh, I don't know, what am I doing? I just, you know. And then you become an atheist or whatever. You commit shirk in any type. So you leave Islam. Now here's the problem. By you committing shirk, every good deed you have committed will be erased as well. I told you, shirk is a very special, special type of sin. So any good deed you committed, it won't even help you. Now, if somebody, for example, committed shirk after they were, you know, Muslims, 
and then they decided to go to come back to being Muslims. Still, the good deeds that they have done before shirk, before they committed shirk, still will be erased. So they have to build up again after they convert back to Islam. Look, and here's the proof from Surah Al-Zumr, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, in, in verse number um, sixty-five. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, sa- Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. وَلَقُدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَيَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبِطَنَّ عَمَلَكَ وَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you committed shirk, every good deed you have done, لَيَحْبِطَنَّ عَمَلَكَ Done. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from, from, uh, from shirk, ya Rabbil Alameen. Now, shirk has two types. There are major. There is a major shirk and there is a minor type of shirk, right? So shirk is um, divided into two categories: major and minor. Now, the thing about major shirk is that it expels Muslim from Islam. If you committed shirk, you're uh, you're not a Muslim anymore. That's it. Even theoretical guys, even if you have that belief in your heart, you're done. You have to retake your shahada again, and it nullifies, like we said before, all the good deeds that a Muslim have committed. Now, on the other hand, the minor and, and basically the major shirk is very, very clear. It's a very clear cut. It's very obvious. There is no confusion about it. There's nothing about it that you know that's very that, that that's confusing. It's very clear. Now let's go back. Let's go to the minor shirk. Now, it doesn't expel a Muslim from Islam, so it doesn't take you out of Islam. If you're a Muslim who committed minor, and we'll talk about what are the minor shirks. And it's a major sin. So a minor shirk equals a major sin. Again, a minor shirk equals a major sin. And alhamdulillah, you know, for those who do, who committed minor shirks, something else that it does not nullify the good deeds. So we have two key differences here. It doesn't expel a Muslim from being a Muslim, from Islam. And it does not nullify the good deeds that a Muslim have committed. But the major sin, the major shirk is, it does the opposite. It expels a Muslim from Islam and it nullifies all the good deeds. And you guys have to remember, minor shirk equals a major sin. Now let's give examples for the minor shirk. For example, showing off. Now I'm, some of you will be shocked from those examples. So, and it shows you that, you know, the level of, unfortunately, the lack of knowledge that we have. So now, alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. But now it's time for us to learn more about this. So we avoid those minor shirk. Because a lot of people do it without even knowing so. So number one is showing off. That's how, like some scholars actually call it, called it the hidden shirk. Because doing things to please people people instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it comes to, you know, the act. And now we're talking about showing off when it comes to acts of worship. Okay, let me be clear again. When I say showing off, I mean showing off when it comes to acts of worship like for example you're praying but you're pretending that you're praying good because there are people around you you know you are on your best behavior when you're praying because there are people who are watching you but when it's only you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're praying alone you really don't care that's called showing off you paid zakah in front of people so people could say oh look at this guy you know you do certain things to please people, to show off in front of people, and we're talking about acts of worship. But when you're alone, you really simply don't care. You're careless. 
And subhanAllah, about that, there is a very authentic hadith. The Prophet says what? The first three Muslims who will enter hellfire. Number one, a martyr. Number two, a Muslim scholar. And number three, someone who's wealthy and pays their zakah and charity. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what now? Are you trying to tell me the first people who will enter hellfire, not Jannah, are those people? Yes. For a very simple reason. The martyr fought and died so people could, you know, say that he was a hero. He died as a martyr. He died as a brave man. He did it for the sake of people. He didn't do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will be dragged in hellfire because he pleased people. He was trying to please people. And he got it in the dunya. People will call him a martyr. People will, you know, call him a brave person. But that's it. He was not trying to please Allah. And that's a minor shirk. And that's why they will be. Now somebody, who and we're talking about like somebody who lived his whole life or her whole life being a scholar. So people would say, oh, look at the knowledge of that person. Oh, mashallah, this is amazing. He, was not, he or she were not trying to do it for the sake of Allah to teach people Islam. No, no, no. They wanted that praise of being a scholar. Again, second person will enter a fire. Third is someone who's paying a lot as a care. But he's doing it in the public. So, so people could say, look how generous that person is. Very generous, mashallah. Again, doing it for the showing off for the sake of people, not for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment will tell those people, get your reward, go get your reward from the people that you seek to please. Because you did not want to please me, so I'm not giving you any rewards. SubhanAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes us not from um, those types of people. Ya Amin Ya Rabbil Alameen. Now, swearing by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or taking an oath by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a very, very common thing that Muslims do, unfortunately. The Prophet says in a very authentic hadith, Man halafa faqad ashrak. The Prophet says anybody who swears by anything but Allah, which unfortunately a lot of Muslims do, when someone says, when Nabi, when Nabi, oh, by the prophets or by, you know, when Nabi. That's minor shirk. By, I swear by my life, I swear by your life. That's a minor shirk. Will Quran, some people do when they commit halaf, they say, Will Quran. Man halafa faqad you could say, Billah alayk. You know, by Allah. That's a, a, a proper. Oath or hilfan or swearing. Equating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with creation by using and. You're not supposed to do that. So when you say, um, for example, Allah helped me and you did too. Thank you. No, 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 no. Because basically you're putting that person that you're thanking in the same level of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is very wrong. Oh, you, but you're, what you're, again, that's why we say it's a very common thing that we do, guys. It's a very common thing. 
my dear brothers and sisters that we should you know be more aware like when we say something like this we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help me then you did or through you alhamdulillah thank you you don't use and you use through right so we have to specify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in a different category he's the one who causes everything good happens to us through certain people so you can say through you or then you they're both working just fine depending on objects is a very very thing like it's a very uh, common thing in our culture unfortunately you know the evil eye the five hand the five the, the five finger hands or whatever the lucky charms all these are minor shirk, shirk. minor shirk when you put, you know, like this this chain or medallion that has like, you know, the evil eye to protect you. That's a minor shit because who, who protects you is Allah. You do not need any of this. So be aware of that, my dear brothers and sisters. <clears throat> now, we talked about the minor and the major shirk. And I think it's very clear and it's very obvious. And inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us avoid minor and major shirk above all inshallah rabbal alameen and let me end with this the origins of shirk where did shirk come from in the first place because adam and eve were the first people on earth right they worshiped allah subhanahu wa ta'ala their children did too so what happened well it happened when five pious and righteous people before the time of Noah, Nuh salam, they were very righteous and very, you know, pious. Then they passed away. And the names of those five righteous people are actually mentioned in the chapter of Nuh, verse number 23. So you have Wad, Waddan, Suwa'an, Yaghuth, Wayauq, Wanasra. Five righteous people. They were righteous. They were worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were good people. Then they passed away. Exactly like Jesus Christ. He was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then people started worshipping him. With the five righteous people, what happened is the generation that came after, they missed them so much. They loved them so much. Because they were well known, you know, with their righteousness. So Shaitan comes to them, the devil, Satan comes to them and he tells those people, you know what? Draw them, like, you know, try to make a statue of them so you can, you know, feel their presence with you all the time if you miss them so much. And that's exactly what happened. They started making, you know, statues of them. They felt better. Oh, we missed you. Now we can, you know, look at you. And we can, you know, talk to you and complain to you about, you know, what's happening after you guys were gone. Now, what's going on? And this is, my, my dear brothers and sisters, this story is very important. Because you will realize the influence of the parents over their children. Because while the parents were sitting and complaining to those statues... To those technically idols till their children were watching and their children it was registering in their heads that those idols are very important to our parents 
they're very precious. Their parents are complaining to those idols about other people or about their daily lives. So that makes those idols very, very special. They are in a very special status. Then the parents die. And then the children, when they grow up, they now the idols became to them more than just um, uh, a dear, close, you know, old ancestors. They became something more. And then the gen- generation come and it became even more and more and more until they became gods and they started praying to them and worshiping them and that's how it all happened it from just random five righteous people and the whole all of because all of humanity was basically they were the people of Noah back then so all of humanity and that tells you excessive love could lead into shirk Christians love Jesus so much that they considered him a God instead of considering him a very, very righteous prophet the way he was and messenger. Right? That's the same. That's how shirk happened from excessive love to those five righteous people until generations and generations after they became gods. Literally gods. They were worshipping them. They were doing, giving them sacrifices and so on. And that is, that, is, uh, that is the origin of shirk. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he addresses the Muslims, he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ جَعْلَكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَى You are a middle nation. You are, you know, in between. When we love the Prophet, because we love the Prophet ﷺ, we should, we have to. But we do not put him, we don't excess in that love to make him a God. We love Jesus Christ, by the way, for my dear, you know, friends, uh, uh, my dear Christian friends who are listening. We love Jesus Christ so much. We believe that he's not dead. We believe he's going to lead the Muslims eventually, you know, um, towards the end of time. We have so much love for him. But we cannot excess on that love to make him a god. And also we don't hate someone so much that we belittle them. So we are in the middle and Muslims should always be in the middle. When you love someone, love them. But remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above all. You know? So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. And um, that was basically... Everything that we need to know about shirk, whether we knew that or not, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts from me and you. Ameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.